Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and today we have an opportunity to talk with someone who cares a lot about life. That being eternal life, as God takes our hand and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or living life in this world of chaos and disappointments. Or life as it struggles in the womb to be born and loved and cared for. So welcome to Choose Life Radio, David Zanotti. Thanks, Jill. It's great to be back with you again. I enjoy your program. All of us at the American Policy Roundtable in the public square enjoy your broadcast and have great respect for the work that you and your husband do to bring this message to the nation. Thank you for that. And we love the fact that we're on 750 stations across the nation. And we do hope that people who are listening will share not only that, but your program as well. We'll talk about that American Policy Roundtable right off the bat. I'd love to have you tell us about that ministry. Well, this ministry began with the concern of praying people most of whom were business families who had come together in faith and were meeting together to pray for the nation and realized that they had to do more than pray. They had to get off their knees and do something. And so attempting to figure out how to impact public policy and bring the first principles of the Declaration and the Constitution back into the conversation, because they could see very quickly that we were losing the founding vision, which is anchored in the personal creator that's discussed in the Declaration of Independence, and that our rights, including the primary, first right, the right to life, that right comes from God, as do all of our rights. And so they got up off their knees and began to try to look for projects they can work with in public policy. It became a very long journey. I was blessed to come along as a volunteer in 1985 and help them on a phone-a-thon, help them try to raise funds for this fledgling work and uh, kept coming to meetings, introducing them to more people. And like most people in business, as I was uh, making contributions and getting others to do the same. And then one day they took me out to lunch and said, how about coming to work for us? And I thought, you know, that's about the last thing I would imagine doing at this stage in my life. I'd been in school forever, broke forever. And uh, I had a very nice position in a family company that I shared the same last name with the owner. And I thought business is where I'm heading and teaching, but, but not this. And you know, then they said this, the famous words, would you pray about it? Uh, you don't say no to that. And 90 days later, I was leaving the family company and working with this mission. But I think it's important for me to tell you that one of the deepest moments of decision came in contemplation of the life issue. I was walking to the post office to pick up our mail for the company uh, one morning, and uh, I just got out of the car and Phil Kagey's song, Little Ones, was on the radio. And as I walked to the post office, I have to tell you that song so penetrated my soul that I literally stopped, grabbed the railing on the stairway because I was overwhelmed with the question, who will speak up for the little ones? And I think in that moment, I began leaving the corporate world to move into the nonprofit world to begin to speak for life in culture now. I certainly don't do this alone. We are surrounded, as you are right now, if we're allowed to tell folks that we're sharing studio today, 
and we are so blessed to have Choose Life at the American Mission Center because 42 years later, this is where God has brought us. He's been so faithful every step of the way. You're surrounded by a team of about a dozen people who work there at the Mission Center and around the country who have dedicated their lives to be missionaries to America to bring these first principles, including life, back to our nation. I love the testimony that you just gave and the credit you give to God for not disappointing, not leaving us, not not making us feel like we all of a sudden have no options, no funds to work with. He he is the one who will bring it all together if you will sacrifice literally your own drive, your own will, and let him have it. And I, I love that. I, I love to see that in people when they're working because they're usually extremely competent and extremely potent with God's word. You know, it's interesting because the very place where you're sitting right now, we have an operations manual. It's very short. It's only 21 verses long. And it comes from the 12th chapter of Romans. That's our summary operational platform. When people say, show us your corporate manual, we say, read Romans 12. Because it teaches us how to become living sacrifices and trust God to empower us with the gifts that he's already planned for us to use and then teaches us how to deal with one another and even how to deal with enemies. And it's, so it's, it's something we return to over and over and over again. But one of the overriding messages that Paul brings to us is we shouldn't be compressed into the mold of this age. We live in an anti-supernatural era. We live in an era of false science where we used to be attempting to do science to discover the design and the majesty and the intricacy of what we inherited by being born here. Now we attempt to look at everything in the extraordinary natural order as if we were the ones who discovered it and we were the ones who invented it. We call it the godless equation. And when you're living inside the godless equation, even as a Christian, it pours in on your mind to where we get to the place where we think we're all alone in this battle that God doesn't care about this more than we do. And that's the thing we have to constantly remind ourselves. This is not our fight. This is about spreading the light of his word. I think what you're saying brings me to a question I want to talk about, and that is the innocent, the ones unborn, the ones who are already, in terms of God's understanding of conception, They are a human, and yet in the womb, they have no defense, except for those of us talking about this and saying, no, no, that's that's a person. That's a person that if you just give it time, it's going to come out and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I love this baby. Or it's going to be a person that in 15, 20 years, you're going to be sending to college, or it's going to be a person who's going to be a doctor someday and solving your concerns. But to get people to understand that very beginning, that's where God gives us life, and then we grow it. Life is a miracle. And if you think about it, it is the height of human arrogance to presume anything other than that. Because the reality is, neither you nor your wonderful husband seated there next to you sipping coffee, or myself, or my wife, downstairs making coffee, none of us chose to be here. 
We are here as an act of God. Now you say, wait a second, you're here as an act of the natural order of procreation. And let me tell you something, run the odds on that. Run the mathematical scientific odds that all those elements coming together would make you precisely the you that you are. And then ask yourself, where does that breath of life come from? Now I know that there are foolish doctrines in our culture that says that humans only become alive when they take their first breath and they quote Genesis and say that because God breathed into man, that is the most upside down moronic thought you could possibly conceive in your brain. Because when God breathed into Adam and Eve, the breath of life, that breath is sustained even to this moment. So when a human being comes together in the womb, it is a miracle gift of God. And the soul that's within that life comes from the very breath of God. It is the most sacred trust. And and we have literally let this godless equation, this anti-science, this mythology of death, so change us that now there are people who make the excuse that there's nothing there but a blob of tissue. That that's absurd, and it defies all of human history. Well, you bring me to a really good question here, which uh, has to do with a paragraph that was written by a man named Dan Goldberg back in May of 22 concerning the recent majority opinion of Justice Samuel Alito. And I stress to our listener, his opinion was accepted and has gone back to the states. The statement is, if the Supreme Court adopts the initial draft majority opinion by Justice Samuel Alito, the retreat on abortion rights should would be and should be sweeping and immediate. At least 23 states have pre-row abortion bans still on the books or have passed so-called trigger laws that would simply and sharply limit access to the procedure if Roe were to be overturned, according to the tally by the Guttenmacher Institute. With roughly half of the states positioned to ban or restrict the ability to terminate a pregnancy, and numerous heavily populated states on the east and west coast likely to maintain access to abortion, the impact of the high court's anticipated action could make America a country of haves and have-nots when it comes to abortion rights. Okay, <laughs> here's a man who's claiming, you poor people, you are having your rights taken away, and not at all saying, well, the rights of the unborn are being declared. Well, it, if you understand the system of our government, if we understand the system of our declaration in our constitution all of this is predicated upon the fact that our rights come from god and no one can take our rights away from us because they came to us from the creator now you cannot have a right that wasn't first given to you and the right to murder an innocent unborn child in the womb has never been a right so you can't lose what you never had this is the mythology of death. We're going to take a very quick break here at Choose Life Radio and come right back. So don't leave where you are because this is a wonderful opportunity to hear Dave Zanotti at his best. Choose Life Radio believes that life is a sacred gift from God and should be treated as such from conception to natural death. 
Our purpose is to share in-depth conversations with persons who have a direct connection to the life issue. These conversations encourage, inspire, and shine the light of God's amazing grace on a lost and hurting world. Your gift today, whatever the size, will help us continue to expand the reach of these life-affirming conversations. You can give generously online by visiting chooseliferadio.com. Just click the donate button at the top of the page, or you can mail your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. That's Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. That address is also posted at ChooseLifeRadio.com. Your gift helps keep this life-affirming message on the radio. Now let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. We are in the midst of a fast-paced interview, of course, with our guest Dave Zanotti. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your heart with our listener. It's a privilege. And again, I just want to remind your listeners of the delight that I have of that we're doing this together and that in a, a whole bunch of circumstances, you were gracious enough to come to our studio to make it match up in time frames. Welcome to Valley City, Ohio, in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a gorgeous area. <laughs> and may I recommend the diner for lunch when you're finished right there in Valley City. It's a wonderful little diner. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm a believer of end times, especially as I watch our world accept sin at every turn. We've talked about the division of our nation, no longer able to have clarity about life, and we're now offering to our youth changes in their sex, their genitals, their surgically being reconstructed, concerns over which gym room they should go in to change clothes, which sport teams they can play on as a male body now calling himself a female. Our world is upside down and heading to hell. We have to be asking God to turn this around. Dave, take some time to share with me the potential that we have to turn this around. Well, that's a question that thinking people, particularly leaders and problem solvers, uh, ask a lot because it's an unavoidable question, but it's one that's easy to trip over because it almost brings us to the place where the apostles were in the book of Acts after Christ's resurrection in the very first chapter, in which they said, Jesus, now that you're here, risen from the dead, are you going to fix all the things that needed to be fixed? Is this the hour where you will bring the final kingdom to earth? And he said, wrong question. I'm not going to tell you the answer. Not now or not ever but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit and will be my witnesses. There is a certain threshold that we cannot cross in regards to what's next. We know the big event is the ultimate return of Christ and the making of all things new and all things right, because ultimately he is justice and mercy combined, and he will make all things right. This is his planet. He made it. He bought and paid for it with the blood of his son. God still so loves this world, and he never forsakes what he loves. So we don't know the answer to the ultimate question. 
The second piece of it is that we look at the rising trend of sin, particularly in the, in the perspective of history, and we say, could it possibly get any worse? But we must keep our eyes and fix our thoughts on Jesus Christ and remember that when he stretched out his arms to die and shed forth his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, that his blood shall never lose its power. There is no amount of human sinfulness that will ever exhaust the power of the atoning work of Christ on the cross. So our sins do not come as a surprise to God the Father. He knew we would be here. The question is, what is he doing and how does he do it? And when I study his word, I find that in the times of darkest cultural disassociation with God, he always raises up a remnant of people who are interested only in obeying him and in his glory. And he creates his greatest work of revival and renewal from people you never saw coming. Revival doesn't start in the headlines. That's the last place you'll find it. It will reach there, but it always begins in the hearts of one and two people who come together in faith in Christ and begin to obey him. So I am infinitely optimistic in the power of God because with God, all things are possible. Does it make it easier? Does it make the blisters hurt any less or the sleepless nights any better? But the reality is, ultimately, this is his world, and we are his witnesses. So I think what's important for us is to focus on what we can do. Now, in America, we can do a tremendous amount that still can't be done in most places of the world and has never been able to be done throughout human history because we are blessed with a system that was built not only on a nonpartisan basis, but built upon a biblical reality, that there is a creator, our rights come from him, and that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so in this season, we can certainly look at the power that we have in regards to voting. Now, there's never enough good people running to fix it in one election. Never has been, never will be. But there are good people right now who are counting on us to help them get elected so they can bring the message of life all across the spectrum to our city councils, to mayor's offices, to state legislatures, to the U.S. Congress, and ultimately to the presidency and to the Supreme Court. We can support the cause of life in the electoral process, and it is essential that we never let the darkness of the hour stop us from the mission of spreading light, and that we never forget every time the light shows up, the darkness has to flee. Dave, give your website so that a person who's getting ready to pray about who they're going to vote for can go and see some of the things that you want them to know about people who are on the ballot. Well, we've been doing nonpartisan voting information since the very beginning of this organization 43 years ago. It was my first task after helping to raise funds. Today, it's all done electronically, and we do it through a site called iVoters.com. iVoters, that's with an S, dot com. Now, what's different about this site is that it's nonpartisan. It does no ratings, rankings, or telling people who to vote for. What it is, is it is a very quick stop at a library of information gathered from experts in our staff that have been doing this forever on the fastest way for voters to be able to get information so they can say, where do these candidates stand on the issues? It has a large endorsement section that will show you who gets endorsed from the left and the right. It gives you biographical information on candidates. But most importantly, when you put in your zip code, and your street address, a ballot will appear that shows the exact candidates you'll be looking at on election day. 
and then their websites, their backgrounds, their endorsements from other organizations and what they have to say. So you can make up your own mind in fast order. And people are, they can tell when an iVoters user comes in the polls because it takes them about four minutes to vote because they've got their homework all done. And that's what we do. We do the homework. Now, it's very important, Jill, for me to tell you this. People enter their street address and their zip code only so we can get them the exact sample ballot they're going to be voting on. We don't even ask for your name. There's no information for us to sell. So when you come here, it's safe, secure. No one's going to drop your name to some political party, candidate, campaign, or organization that's going to solicit you. We do not solicit funds on the site. It is done solely by the charitable contributions of people who believe in responsible citizenship. It's iVoters.com, and it works. Now, we only cover from the state rep to the White House. We are not going to be able to get you down to judicial candidates. That's still going to be some hard work to get the thousands and thousands of candidates to go from state rep the whole way to the top of the ticket in all 50 states is massive. And I can brag about this because I don't have to do 90% of the work, which is done by Rob Walgate, our vice president and his team, but it is a wonderful site. It's not the only site that's out there. There are other sites where people do this kind of stuff, but this is one of the oldest and it's different because it's not a guide. It doesn't try to steer you in a direction. It simply opens the books for you quickly so you can vote with confidence. Dear listener, I want you to understand what Dave Zanotti is giving us right now is an opportunity to really educate ourselves before we walk in. I have to admit, I've been one of those people who had a little piece of paper in my hand going, I think this is the one. I'm pretty sure this is the one I wanted. But I love the thorough look at it so that my heart knows it. I've prayed about it. God's given me clearance to do this, to look and be educated. And Jill, this is the single biggest reason why people don't vote is because they don't have confidence and they don't want to make a mistake. It's not that they're lazy or they don't love America. They know voting is a sacred trust and they don't want to mess it up. And so if by going to iVoters.com, you can even just get one race that you have certainty that this is a candidate that is a qualified thought on life, that they've got a track record, then we have a moral obligation. Now, you'd like to have candidates everywhere. You'd like to have pro-life candidates in every party, in every race, competing for our vote and for the opportunity to serve. I believe that is a doable goal because I believe life impacts all of us. This question impacts all of us. This isn't a male, female, white, black, brown, yellow, red. This is not a socioeconomic issue. I can remember a time in which the question of life was a moral virtue in America, and we now live in a culture where one elite group is trying to tell us that murdering an innocent child in the womb for any reason through all nine months of pregnancy is a virtue. That's not true. That is not true. I'm going to ask you to pray for us, if you would, as we approach this time and we think about the fact that we want to make good decisions. Would you pray for us, Dave, that we would really research what it is that God has given us in this material? Sure, let's pray together. Dear God, our Father, we cannot approach your throne on this subject without first acknowledging that we have sinned mightily against the holiness of thy name and the provision of life that you have given us that has brought us here. We are wrong. We are sinful. 
we have accepted and tolerated that which you hate. And that is the shedding of innocent blood. God, please forgive us. And please, dear God, if it be within thy will, grant America a second chance to get this right. Lord, we know that voting is only a part of this journey, that learning, praying, interceding, discipling, living lives that treat what your gift of life is to us as sacred, living fidelity, living faithfulness is all a part of this as well. And we could spend the rest of the day repenting and not do enough. But we ask for your mercy. We ask for your power. Lord, we pray for every person who considers public service as love of neighbor, that you would empower them, that you would help them to shine so that people can find them. And that, Lord, you will forgive us of our addiction to lifestyle that has placed responsible citizenship so far down the list. Lord, shake us up so that our pocketbooks open as well. And we support people who stand for life. And then God grant us the courage to find ways to be witnesses, even if we're a little tiny matchlight. Lord, by your spirit, help us to shine again. For you are the creator. By your word, we have life. You are the author and finisher and the perfecter of life. And so we pray in the name of the risen one, and pray that we will never take his name in vain. the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Dave Zanotti, for joining us today. Check out his daily program, The Public Square. And thank you also, kind and loving listener. We're so blessed. I'm Jill Taylor, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.